This episode of the Doctors of Running podcast is sponsored by our friends at Running Warehouse. For this year's Earth Day, Running Warehouse is celebrating by amplifying sustainable styles from all your favorite brands. We've been loving the Nike Dry Fit and Saucony Outpace shorts, which have been comfortable, super breathable options for spring running. We're also big fans of brands like Jonji and Patagonia, which not only make excellent apparel, but also pivot some of their sales towards environmental causes. Check out the sustainable styles today. Not only will you look good, but you also feel good knowing you're running sustainably. To find the collection, visit the link in our description or head straight to runningwarehouse.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doctors of Running podcast, where we, a group of doctors of physical therapy, talk about the art and the science of the stuff that we put on our feet. Today, it is Andrea and myself talking about a very special shoe that we've been really excited to review. We've got a full review on it out right now, but thought we would add to it and talk a little bit more, that being the Nike Vaporfly Next% Percent 3. And I understand they might be taking some of those words out, and now it's just Nike Vaporfly 3. Did I misunderstand that are we finally like shortening the names up of these shoes or did i misunderstand that well that would be fabulous if that was true i'm not sure if it is though okay got it yeah (laughs) so we've both gotten some good miles in it andrew has more miles you have 48 right Mm -hmm. i have 29 so we've definitely tried to put it through our paces we're always excited because talking about racing shoes is always fun right because those are the sexy things right it's it's really exciting um especially when it comes to the vaporfly because this shoe has such a long I guess not like it has an extensive history. It wasn't that long ago that it came out, but it has quite an extensive history. I think it's working really well for some people. It may not work well for others. So our hope today is to dive into that a little bit more review and see how it's changed, who might it work for, who it might not work for. And obviously, since we're talking about racing shoes, our subjective right now for this podcast is what is your current favorite racing shoe and why? And Andrew, I'm going to turn that to you. What is your favorite racing shoe right now and why is that? Unless it happens to be this one, then I guess we're going to find out why. Well, it part half of the answer is the Vaporfly 3, but the other half is the original Alpha Fly, which I've done my past three races in. Um, we'll talk about this a little later, but I love the Alpha Fly for shorter distance races, and I'm really thinking the Vaporfly 3 is going to be my marathon racing shoe for grandmas in June. So, kind of bucking yeah. the marketing trend of what Nike says the Alpha Fly and the Vaporfly are for, but that's just how I experience the shoes. How about you? Uh, you know, I've enjoyed some of the time in the Vaporfly, and we'll talk about this. It's not quite stable enough. Most versions have been have not been quite stable enough in the heel or midfoot for me. My two surprising favorites right now are the Hoka Rocket X2, and I've done fairly well in that one, but I've just taken it for 5K. And, of course, the the Saucony Endorphin Elite has kind of been my go-to, although I haven't been able to race in it very often, and I've been saving it. But it's definitely been one of those fun shoes where I'm like, hey, if I'm ever going to do a half or marathon, that's probably what I'm going to throw on right now. So those would be my – that was supposed to be one shoe, but you gave two shoes, okay. so I'm going to give two yeah, shoes as well. It's really hard awesome. to just answer with one shoe. Yeah. Right. So they're all tools, right? Definitely. So what for what are the big updates that happened with the Nike Vaporfly 3? Well, we know that they gave a big upper update. So this is new fly knit material, whereas I've got the two and the one right here. So the – original next percent had this engineered mesh that was really rigid it didn't have any stretch at all two had a little bit more breathable mesh but still pretty firm pretty low volume in the toe box um just i I found it a little bit uncomfortable on my forefoot i think david mentioned that too about the two but the three for me is definitely the best fitting upper of the three vapor flies you can see the mesh actually has like a little bit of structure, so it kind of holds it above your foot. So when you put your foot in the shoe, it's not as much of a struggle as it is to put on the one or the two. Um, I was watching an interview that one of the Nike 
uh, guys gave with Running Warehouse, and they said that one of the main reasons they changed the upper and the three is to make it drain water better. And that was definitely first informed by their experience with um, the shoes performance in the 2018 Boston Marathon, which was a cold, cold monsoon. That's probably when they actually started. For those who don't know, uh, shoe development takes years. So if you see a shoe, it's probably been out. It's the, the team it's probably started working on it four to five years ago. So that does not surprise me that 2018 was like, hey, yeah, we're going to work on this. And now five years later, it comes out. That is a very normal process that would inspire that. And I think they did a good job with that. So upper's different. The plate has remained the same. Apparently, they've redone some of the outsole. And we'll talk about that. Uh, Spec-wise, it's dropped weight, so it's now 6.5 ounces for men's size 9, 5.6 ounces for women's size 8. It has a 38-millimeter heel stack height, 30-millimeter – sorry, yeah – Heel stack height, 30 millimeter forefoot stack height, non-removable insole is always an 8 millimeter drop shoe, and it is still considered, I would say, still the OG super shoe, but is certainly, which is interesting, is and we will talk a bit more about, you mentioned its, its use and how it's being purported. It's kind of Nike's everything racing shoe, whereas the Alpha Fly 2 is not really the marathon racing shoe. The Vaporfly 3 apparently is... Any distance, this is the shoe that they are suggesting, which – great marketing. You want to use this for anything? Go for it. I just don't think I would use it for daily training, but we can talk about that. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Um, I think another thing to mention about the upper is um, they've changed the tongue a little bit. And some people, when they try it on, might be a little put off by how high the tongue extends on the medial part of the ankle. I th- when I put it on, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to finish this long run and be, like, bleeding from the front of my ankle. But y- you don't notice it at all while you're running. But I'm just not quite sure why it's so long. And in my in our written review, I definitely recommended that Nike clean that up a little bit just so it, it sits on the front of the ankle a little bit better. Yeah, I think they did a good job with the the split tongue. Mm-hmm. I guess split tongue is not that little part of the end, but yeah, it's just a teeny bit long. Yeah. But going back to your comments on the upper, I'm I'm actually really impressed that this might be the best fitting Vaporfly thus far in terms of still got a snug, nice hold in the heel and forefoot. They do their classic thing where they have the large heel counter and that padding on the inside, which people that are sensitive to heel counters know it's still going to be there, but it's, it's offset just a little bit by how the pad shifts you forward. The forefoot was great. I, I know you just mentioned that, hey, like you had some kind of pressure for version two. This is probably the first time I would say that there's a higher volume in the forefoot where it's not necessarily the widest thing, but the mesh kind of moves with you and it gives you plenty of room, which was very surprising to have in a Vaporfly, one of these, I mean, the Vaporfly, I mean, the original, which I have a pair of, still was on the wider side, but like, there's just a lot of volume here. So people that struggle with volume in the forefoot, definitely an issue. And it does drain. I mean, you can see, you know, pink was probably not the best. Yeah, you can see my fingers through there still. For those who are listening, I have my my hand in the shoe, but it is, it's definitely a breathable upper. So I think that is probably one of the bigger updates that I think they did a really, really good job on. Definitely. I I agree. It's the best fitting Vaporfly that I've run in. And I would also say um, I've run in one, two, and three. One was like their unisex sizing. Two, I ordered my usual women's size nine and a half, and it was too small. Like my big toe was right at the end. So I sent it back and got a 10, and that gave me enough room for the front of my foot. Three, I got a women's nine and a half, and the length is pretty much the same as the women's 10 in version two. So people who were maybe in between sizes with version two might find that three is true to size. Um, I definitely wouldn't size up in the three to a 10 because I think it would be too long. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't do that because I'm usually fortunate to be pretty close at men's 10 across the board. And I would not want to size up on this because that would definitely make it too long. So if you are true to size, stay true to size. If you're between sizes, you're probably going to want to stick with maybe the lower one just based on how much volume there is. Yeah, but that's what I would hesitate recommend. To go up. Yeah. yeah, hesitate to go up half a size. But yeah, that's on the fit. How do you feel about the midsole and the sole? I feel like this is where – and I'll be honest. So uh, somebody – we. Uh, 
put out a, a I put out a sub two and people were like, oh, I'm hearing all kinds of different things. And it's great because our team actually had a similar experience. We had very different opinions on the midsole. So, Andrew, what were what was your feelings on the changes that happened and how you what you felt about them? So I've done three runs in the Vaporfly so far, two 12 mile runs with a bunch of like mile repeats at threshold and some hill sprints. And then yesterday I took it on a 20 mile long run where I did six by two miles at marathon pace. Um, And I did my warm up and cool down in it. So all 20 miles. The first two runs, it felt firmer than any Vaporfly I've ever run in. I wrote in my uh, written review online that um, the original Vaporfly, when you land on it, it had that like little bit of sinking feeling. And then you would get that like, you know, that familiar ZoomX bounce and the propulsion to push off. But three feels firmer. Like there's not that sinking. You still get that like super propulsive feeling. The best way that I can describe this version three shoe is it all feels like forward motion to me. There's like nothing wasted in this shoe. Um, I will say that on my run yesterday, I finally noticed that the midsole felt like it was softening up a touch, but it's still nowhere close to what one or two feels like to me and what they felt like right out of the box. How about you? What did you find with that? I had the same thing and it was, it was enough that I had to go grab my pair of the original and put it on. And yeah, my, the original one has tons of miles on it, but it just had that nice, as soon as you step in, it sinks in. So very compliant midsole, but when you load it, it becomes very resilient and bounces back where I feel like my first run in my, well, it was really like my second, first run was breaking in a mile and a half. And I was like, this feels firmer than I was expecting. And then I raced the next day in the Rocket X2 and grabbed this for a uh, fartlek right afterwards. And going from the Rocket X2, which is a firmer bounce, but the heel is very bouncy, to this was kind of weird because it didn't feel as soft initially. I was like expecting more of that Zoom X. And it's taken more miles for that feeling to come in. And I, I still would agree with you that it feels firmer. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It just feels more efficient i think is the right term because i was i put it on for the workout going i know what zoom x is supposed to feel like i know i'm how to go how i'm going to load it and it was different but then the more i've broken it in the more it's kind of slowly gotten that way i would say it's still a very resilient foam meaning it's you know bounces it gives you good amount of energy return it's very efficient i definitely run faster when i put this shoe on um, but it's not as com- it doesn't feel as compliant initially unless you land at the rear foot. Until I, it was like I was getting up a little bit on my toes when I started loading the rear foot a little bit more. I got a little bit more of that, but the forefoot definitely felt a bit firmer. And I think the outsole has a little bit to do with that, but I'm I'm not sure. It do- it does not bad. It's not a bad feeling. It just feels a little bit firmer than what I've typically what we've typically known from Vaporflies. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's not a bad feeling at all. I love yeah. it. Um, yeah. It it just, like you said, it's not as compliant as the other, yeah. the previous versions. Yeah. And some people might feel differently, right? David was like, I think he was like, yeah, it feels the same. We have certain people feel the same. But for Andrew and I, we've had the same experience. Yeah, not a bad thing, just a little bit firmer, which is interesting. So the plate is the same. Somebody correct me on this. I think the stack height is the same. It correct? is. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I, I, what do you think? Um, but talking about the stack height, even though the stack height's the same, uh, in the same interview with the Nike guy on Running Warehouse, he said that the change to the outsole allowed them to use two or three millimeters more foam as compared to uh, version two. So even though the it. overall stack is the same, there's actually more Zoom X in terms of stack compared to the other shoes. Got it. Compared to the outsole rubber they used in the forefoot yeah. on the previous versions. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because yeah. the other thing is really interesting. I know lots of high schoolers, lots of people love using Vaporflies for uh, cross-country, which I would never, ever use. Um, if those people like that, the, the new outsole is very much more waffle-like, where it grips a lot better. So I think even though this is not something I would ever suggest for cross-country, because I feel like you're going to roll your ankle, but that's just me. The, the grip is a, is noticeably better. And I've tried this out on some wet uh, surfaces, 
a little bit on trail where I thought I was going to die and I turned out to be fine with no twisted ankles, but I would not do that again. Traction's a lot better. Have you had any any issues with traction or has been how's it been? No, uh, tra- I have so much confidence in any Nike shoe in the rain as opposed to other brands where I know if it's going to rain, I don't want to use them because I'm going to slip. My first run in these, I got caught in a surprise rainstorm at the end of my workout where it went from dry to like massive puddles very quickly. And I had no issues and I was still doing my intervals when it started raining. So perfect upper for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, you know, when you're planning a racing shoe, particularly a marathon shoe, it's nice to know that you can use it in any condition. Like there are other shoes that I would love to use in a marathon, but I know if it's going to rain, I'm not going to use it because of its poor traction. So that is one big plus about the outsole of not only this Vaporfly, but the Alpha Fly and previous Vaporflies is you just, you know how it's going to handle in the rain. That's good. I would hope, again, I, I don't know where, I'm making an assumption here, so feel free people to call me out if you know that the, where the actual answer lies, that Nike's based in Portland, Oregon, where I, or Beaverton, Oregon. I grew up in Portland about four or five miles away, and it's, it rains there all the time. So if they debut a shoe that has bad traction, I'm sitting there going, come on, like it rains there. It's constantly wet there. You should have at least like you've got plenty of things to test to make sure this traction is pretty solid on a wet pavement or wet whatever. So yeah, I mean, unless some tell somebody tell me if it was actually designed somewhere else, but I know the headquarters <laughs> are in Beaverton. Well, and you've also got to assume yeah. that a lot of their athletes are testing them around their yeah. headquarters. So you, you'd assume so. Yeah, yeah. You never know. <laughs> so um, we've kind of touched on this, I think. Andrew, you have more experience with the last couple of versions of the Vaporfly than I do. And we, uh, yeah, we have touched on it, but what would be your big thoughts on the ride overall, not just the firmness of the midsole, but the ride overall compared to previous Vaporflies? So I've done a lot of running in the original Next Percent. I ran a marathon in it. I've run several 5Ks, five mile I think maybe a half marathon. Um, so I've put the original Vaporfly through the paces. And I would say, like like what we were saying earlier, the original, you load it, you feel that sinking in, and then you get the bounce. Version 3, you don't sink in, you just land, and boom, you're pushing off. And there's just, there's no, for me, there's no medial lateral instability. There's no feeling like I have to do anything to get myself from initial contact to push off. It's just bam, land and go. And I think it's going to make this shoe even more versatile for a range of races because of that. Um, Most people tend to prefer a stiffer shoe the faster you run. And this shoe does feel stiffer. And that's not saying that the previous versions of the Vaporfly were soft or flexible. They weren't. But this shoe just feels stiff and fast and everything is directed to forward motion. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree where it's very efficient is probably the right yeah. word. I do want to touch on the stability component because I think Maybe I gave this shoe hard, a harder time than necessary. I think because at the the race that I was running, it was the Orange County Heart at uh, Heart and Stroke Walk, and they had to have a run. And my university that I worked for was down there sponsoring. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll go run this and probably get my butt beaten by some high schooler. Now that I'm getting slower, it'll be fine. So I actually ended up doing super well, one. And I was like, great, but that's because I had no competition. So that, there's asterisk sign behind that. And it was an interesting course going through angel stadium like not just through the actual like like the like field but like up into the like not the bleachers but like up the uh what i can't even talk right now like the The, ramp like stairwell (laughs) yeah it was going up and forth (laughs) through the ramps through the like around the thing down ramps and i was like where am i going it was super cool following the the cart in front of me and i was like do you actually know where you're going or are you just like randomly <laughs> then you pop out in the parking lot then come back in and went through um the field and then you're doing boring loops of the parking lot so it's actually 
pretty it was a pretty yeah, interesting, that is interesting course <laughs> so that was in the rocket x2 and mm-hmm. so that's a very different shoe than this stability wise so to come from that which is just a little bit lower stack approximately a little bit different setup in the heel to the vaporfly was a little bit of a whoa this is kind of like like this is just a different thing so and i i think that contrast may have biased me a little bit um, the one thing that really kind of got to me was at the very end, I saw, I saw a guy who came in later that was wearing them. And I was like, Hey, what do you think? I literally just got this in the other day. And he goes, Oh, it feels so much more stable. And I'm sitting there and his like, his foot is hanging off the medial side. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> really stable? Huh? And I was like, I, you know, but everybody perceives that differently. Right. And I will say there is a sidewall on the medial and lateral side that definitely feels more prominent. The arch definitely feels higher to me. Um, and they and they did mention that the fourth and the heel. I was kind of griping on this, but Andrew showed me, and we double checked this that the midfoot and the heel are actually fairly similar in width to the previous version. So I can't give that a hard time. The forefoot definitely has been extended on that medial side to improve forefoot stability. So if you land further forward, you're going to like this. But I think if you're someone like myself that really that's more of a heel striker, tends to fatigue if you need a little bit of stability at the rear foot, and midfoot. That's there's probably not going to be enough of it. I I will admit, just for some basic components, if the heel and the, and the midfoot are the same width, and they added a sidewall and extended the forefoot, I guess technically this would be a little bit more stable from the last version. I will admit that out loud, but it is still not a stability issue. Like I've done half marathons in the original Next Percent, um, and. It was a, one was a downhill course, one was a flat course. I'm definitely fatigued on the downhill course. So if you need stability needs in the rear foot and midfoot, this is probably not going to be the best option. If you need a little bit of that in the forefoot, this actually might work really well just because of the extended midsole on the forefoot, the mild sidewall, and the fact that it does, even though, which blows my mind, there's more Zoom X, it does run a little bit firmer and stiffer than previous versions. I actually think this might work really well for people that need just a teeny bit of guidance up front, but this is certainly not a stability shoe. I think correct me if I'm wrong. Elliot Heath was mentioning that if you want a wider base or a little bit more inherent guidance and stability, which I don't think you should be allowed to use with this uh, shoe, but he mentioned using the alpha fly two instead. Correct. I not sure if he mentioned I, it in that you? particular video, yeah. but he may have mentioned it elsewhere. Yeah. And David, men- David told me oh, that. Okay. I don't know if that's true. He might be making like, pull my leg but i don't know my experience of the alpha fly is uh, one i don't like the two at all so i haven't done much running in it the one is one of my favorite shoes like i said but i personally would not use the one for a marathon because it feels too propulsive for me like i feel like i do better in it when i'm running faster and i used it for a half and i didn't feel like it was too much shoe or like too bouncy or too propulsive but every time i've tried to do like a marathon pace long workout in it i'm like this shoe's too much i don't want to run 26.2 in it it's too much <laughs> it is too so much that gets to the yeah that gets that gets to the next point is what would you plan to so we talked about vapor the alpha what would you plan to use the vaporfly three for well, I may I may very well use it for Grandma's marathon next month. Um, I've been trying to figure out which shoe I want to run this marathon in, and I have a pair of twos that I haven't run in very much, and I thought maybe that would be it. But the upper update in the three is so nice; it fits so much better. It's more comfortable. Like I said, I did twenty in them yesterday. Nothing bothered me. My feet felt amazing. I didn't have any foot or ankle soreness afterwards, which I often do after long runs. Like, I ran five miles this morning, like, just a super easy recovery run. I didn't feel bad. Like, I felt pretty good. And so this shoe is definitely a top contender for my marathon shoe. Um, I did want to get back to what you were saying about how they shifted the platform in the forefoot medially. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to hate it because I have I land pretty excessively on my lateral midfoot and I have trouble, especially with my left foot because I've sprained it so much, like loading my first MTP. So I like shoes that have more lateral sole flare in the forefoot as compared to medial. So it's like, oh, no, they did the opposite to the Vaporfly. But 
it it doesn't i don't notice it at all and like i said the vaporfly 3 just feels like pure forward motion for me didn't cause me any issues didn't feel like i was pushing off with my lateral forefoot and just to compare i i had the one and the two on earlier and i could feel that in those shoes i almost roll off the inside of my first mtp which is not Hmm. something you want to do so even for people who have stability issues where they need help loading the medial aspect of their forefoot the Vaporfly 3 might still work for you because it's working great for me so far. That's awesome. Yeah. So it didn't, you didn't feel like it was pushing you one way or another. It was just facilitating that really Definitely nicely. Definitely not. Yeah, like it. I think it just lines up really nicely with my mechanics and it feels like it just helps me land and push off in the most efficient way possible. And I mean, I've tested a lot of super shoes since I uh, joined the team almost two years ago. And I, this one feels the most natural to me, which is kind of crazy. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. So you think, again, just to reiterate, you, you're planning on thinking about using, is there any, anybody else in contention for grandmas? The other shoe that I really would like to use in grandmas is the Endorphin Elite, but I do not trust the outsole in the rain. And yeah. I don't want to put, you know, all of my money in one pot there and have it be yeah. raining and then need to come up with a different shoe yeah i love the endorphin elite but i made the mistake of using it on a, on a wet track and that was a terrifying experience and probably would not do that again it's got to be it's one of those shoes you got to have the right conditions for it's a very specific tool whereas i can definitely see if my mechanics were more stable in the rear foot i can definitely see the vaporfly being a great shoe just because you know, you can trust it for drainage. You can trust it for traction. It's got a well, obviously a proven ride there. So I can totally see that. Um, coming back to me, I think I'm hoping. So I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, it'll still be too early by the time uh, this podcast comes out. But hopefully starting in June, I should be starting my full data collection for my the main part of my dissertation. So my methods is done. Um, this is off topic. So I'm realizing, hey, the next month in May, I'm going to try to go hit some 5Ks, maybe 10K races before I am in the lab every breathing second when I'm not teaching or doing this, uh, collecting data. So, um, yeah, I'm going to just – I'm going to force myself to go, yeah, I want to try this for a 5K or 10K and just see what happens in a race environment. Because one thing to use it in a – workout it's another thing to go hey what happens on race day so i'm I'm gonna use it for either a 5k 10k just because i've got data collection coming i've got a child coming so that (laughs) means i don't know what's gonna happen race wise so i will force myself to use it i just i don't know the stability thing in the rear foot i think is what gets me but that's with a lot of vapor flies so but it's still a solid shoe i can definitely see with the amount of foam underfoot with the traction it being as it continues to be one of the more one of the more popular racing shoes that we'll obviously see um, on the feet of runners. And it makes sense. I think it's going to continue that tradition. I don't think it getting a teeny bit firmer is not a bad thing because it does. And then some of the changes I think are all positive. I can't think of anything negative. Um, how's durability been for you? I don't tend to wear out my shoes too much, especially as long as they have rubber. So unlike another unlike, weirdo on this unlike podcast. You. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding. There's a little bit of wear, like, yeah. at the toes, um, but otherwise just dirt. So I think they should, you know, just looking at the rubber compared to the original Vaporfly, I mean, th- my originals have over 100 miles on them. And you can see there's not a lot of wear. They're just dirty. So yeah. I would expect the three to last even longer just based on the improved rubber coverage in the forefoot. I would agree, especially in the forefoot. I am getting for the the viewers on YouTube, you might be able to see that I'm getting, I'm chewing through the zoom X um, that's exposed on the rear foot. But those, this is pretty normal for me. And I've done that with every pair I've had. There is the two like lateral and medial. um, What are these? Like this, like thicker rubber coverages um, that, and I've not after 30 miles have not even, begun to wear through them yeah just a mild abrasion so i think the vaporfly has always been that shoe where we were told like hey you should only use this for racing but 
it does as it breaks in over time it loses a little bit of that pop and then it just feels comfortable and you can get it's like a light like hey my legs are so messed up i don't want to train her i probably shouldn't be training in this but i'm gonna use this for a short run it works it the longevity of the vaporflies is fairly good even and I'm, that's coming from me who's the destroyer um it's pretty good so i i would totally agree that i think it's going to last as long especially with the forefoot coverage as long if not longer um than prior versions so i think that should be fine not a ton of change uh in that aspect yeah I ready think, for some comparison yeah, yeah go for it I, just to reiterate yeah. i nike advertises the vaporfly as their do-it-all super shoe and i 100 percent agree like i could if i was going to race a road mile i'd do it in the vaporfly um I've used it for everything else, 5K, 10K, 8K, half, marathon. Like if you're just buying one super shoe, the vapor flies it. Like I can't think of another super shoe that I would confidently choose for every distance. Can you? Yeah. Um, if it, if it, not for the rear foot, I would, I, I would definitely agree um, in terms of its versatility in that way. I think the slight firmness actually makes that even better mm-hmm. uh which no offense to nike makes me kind of go like what's the point of the the street fly you know i think personally I mean, you you have the street fly right i do and i'll tell you the one thing that i enjoy using it for is hill sprints hill strides yeah yeah hill stuff yeah but otherwise it's too flexible yeah like it's fine it's really comfortable but it's too flexible for most any like it's fine yeah. to use for anything but it's not my yeah. top choice for anything except long hill repeats <laughs> got it yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. as a super shoe it is not that it's not got the stack height not got the plate mm-hmm. yeah so i you know i can definitely agree i think it's something you can use for any distance as long as you know how to use this tool it'll probably be fine so we'll continue to see it during one mile races marathon efforts you might probably obviously see it in a couple ultra marathons but it does have I think especially also now being at six and a half ounces, correct me if that I'm wrong. I think that's the lightest super shoe on the market. Is that correct? Because it beats out the Puma Fast Forward, which is 6.6 ounces. It beats out the Adidas Takumi Sen 9, which I think is also 6.6 ounces, which I've seen a couple of things. Some, there was one place that said 6.3 ounces, one place that said 6.6, but that doesn't have the stack height and the play. I mean, it's got rods and some, but it's just not that maximal level. So I don't know if that totally counts, but six and a half ounces for this tall of a stack height, this much foam and a plate. It's yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely took its place back in terms of that, that being that higher level thing. Now, fun part. So we've done some couple comparisons. Is there anything off the top of your head that you would compare this to in terms of Mm -hmm. other super shoes? That it feels like. Ooh. Yeah, I, I was struggling with this. I can't yeah. really think of it. Just there's when you say Vaporfly, it's just that unique, right? It's, there's not a lot of stuff out there that's similar, right? There's right. now the market's filled with super shoes. Every I think everyone has one. Mm-hmm. Does it necessarily fit the Vaporfly? My opinion, no. I think there's a couple of shoes that, yeah, still no. I think everybody's doing things so differently, but. Let's say, so you mentioned one. How would you compare this to the Endorphin Elite? I would say the biggest difference between the two shoes is the difference in the toe spring. So Mm -hmm. I've got the Endorphin Elite here. Endorphin Elite has a really severe toe spring, which I happen to like, which is, I love shoes that look like this. Topos, this shoe, if it looks like this, I'm probably going to like running in it. Um so the feeling at push-off is very different in the Endorphin Elite as compared to the Vaporfly because of the steep toe spring. Um, it definitely, it feels like the shoe just kind of disappears under your foot, particularly when yeah. you're running fast. Um, like the Vaporfly, like I said, I'd use it for any race distance. The Endorphin Elite, I probably would not use it for anything faster, shorter than like a 10K because yeah. I think the toe spring would feel strange at yeah. higher speeds. Yeah. Um, I would agree in terms of like the endorphin elite feels more similar to the alpha fly mm-hmm. than it does to the vapor fly. Personally. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Although 
comparing the endorphin elite to the alpha fly one based on where I land on the alpha fly one, like the alpha fly one I land and it just gives me like this huge bounce because I'm landing like right behind the AirPods. I, uh, I think that's why my opinion of the alpha fly is so different just cause I'm not landing where, you know, a lot of people land in that shoe. Um, the Alpha Fly feels more explosive than the Endorphin Elite, but the Endorphin Elite still has that highly cushioned feeling for midfoot landings. And then the toe spring of the Endorphin Elite kind of makes up for the lack of explosiveness uh, uh, compared to the AirPods of the Alpha Fly. Yeah. I would say probably being a rear foot striker, I tend to load the endorphin elite really well, whereas the alpha fly to get to the forefoot and load those pods takes me more time. So I found the opposite, but I think it's where we, where we land, where the HG foam is a little bit firmer. I can move really quick in that shoe, whereas the alpha fly tends to feel a little bit slower for me personally. But it's they still, I think, both are longer distance kind of stuff, whereas if you want to turn over quick – those would not be my first choices as opposed to the Vaporfly, which seems to be able to do a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... Now, how... Yeah. Well, when you look at the forefoot of the Vaporfly, and this is the same with other Vaporflies, yeah. the, there's not a lot of toe spring in this shoe. It's, you know, you've got a forefoot rocker that isn't particularly early. There's some toe spring, but I mean, it's definitely right. not endorphin elite level toe spring. So yeah, it's not the, the forefoot rocker isn't early, but it's also not late, right. which is interesting. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's kind of just moderate it's and there. there. Yeah, yeah, moderate. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that feature make is part of why the Vaporfly is more versatile at faster paces. Got it. Now, how would you compare this to something like the Endorphin Pro 3? Is there any more similarity between the Endorphin Pro 3 and the Vaporfly? So here's the Endorphin Pro 3. With Another favorite of yeah, mine. Different laces. I didn't like the yeah. laces that came with this one. Um, the Endorphin Pro 3 for me feels softer at initial contact. And the forefoot... And I'm not saying that the Endorphin Pro 3 feels unstable, but compared to the Vaporfly 3 feels less stable. Got it. It's funny. I have the the opposite experience where I think it's because of the way the midfoot set up and the wider sole mm -hmm. that that the Endorphin Pro 3 feels really bouncy. Like the overall feel when I put that thing on, I have a, my pair is 100 miles on them, so they're a little more subdued now. But when I first put it on, I was like, whoa this is really bouncy mm -hmm. and I'm kind of afraid to use this. Yeah. So it's one of those shoes where I like really kept it for specific things, mostly because it would just ruin other shoes, which is exactly what the original Vaporfly did too. Um, as I broke it in, I found that the sidewall and the rear foot and midfoot worked better for me in terms of that um, stability aspect, but I can definitely see the forefoot being a little bit different with how – soft and bouncy that shoe is compared to the forefoot of the Vaporfly where they've intentionally wide it in that way. The contrast and just a little bit firmer, I would, I think I would definitely agree with you on the forefoot for sure. Yeah. I, this is my second pair of Endorphin Pro 3 yeah. and the original pair. I noticed that I had actually ripped the overlay on yeah. the lateral forefoot. Yeah. And that pair is so much more comfortable for me than this new pair. And I've really considered just cutting this overlay to yeah. see. But I think that the Endorphin Pro 3 doesn't work as well for my issue of having trouble loading my first MTP. Yeah. Like, if I haven't kept up on my exercises, if I haven't kept up on using the MOBO board, I definitely feel like I'm more likely to push off at my lateral forefoot in the Endorphin Pro 3. Whereas I... It, the Vaporfly 3 just doesn't feel that way yeah. at all to me. It's probably the shape of the plate and mm -hmm. then the foam feeling softer in the Endorphin Pro 3. So that's interesting. I also, now I know you don't have – yeah, yeah. One other thing I think is different is the toe, or the forefoot rocker in the Endorphin yeah. Pro 3 starts a lot earlier. Wait, yeah. yeah. A bit more aggressive. How about the Metaspeed Sky Plus? I have a, I have a large number of miles on that. I know you tried those yes. and you were like, no, um, thank you. 
It just. How much do you remember? I loved that shoe, but it was too low volume in the toe box yeah. for me. So I was getting a yeah. ton of pressure on my toes. But I think if they did to that shoe what Nike did to the Vaporfly, where the upper kind of has more structure so it sits a little higher above your foot, I think the biomechanics of that shoe or the geometry of the shoe would work really nicely with my biomechanics, but I just couldn't take the low volume upper. Yeah, it was interesting. The Metaspeed Sky Plus was the shoe that I kind of first thought of with the Vaporfly in terms of the changes because the original Metaspeed Sky was very bouncy and a bit of a, a it was a I really enjoyed that. Obviously, I was the psycho that took it on a trail race and I really shouldn't have done that. Um, I was fine. I actually injured my Achilles a day after the race because I was felt so good. I went and did hill repeats, which oh, that was no. the, <laughs> very me, but also one of the dumber things I've done. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was walking back. I'm like, I earned that. That was totally my <laughs> fault. That was the dumbest thing I could do. It healed. I ran through it anyway. Um, but yeah, just the the new Metaspeed Sky Plus, it's a bit firmer. Um, it didn't feel as bouncy as the original but it's still it's weird and and Dustin Jubert did some uh tested this and found that it was just as good uh, approximately as the original it just feels firmer so that kind of made me think of the Vaporfly but it's much lower volume i the heel is similar in terms of i found the the heel and midfoot to be very unstable i probably would still choose the Vaporfly over the Metaspeed Sky Plus, just because for me personally, I still feel like, and I've said this before, the Metaspeed Sky Plus, if you have issues going too far lateral, the amount of sole flare laterally is going to be a great shoe because it does push you and there's a lot of medial bias where the Vaporfly for me is just a little, that heel's a little unstable just both directions for me personally and all of them. Metaspeed Sky is more medially biased, so I would personally pick the Vaporfly, but it still kind of reminded me of that shoe. Interesting. Now, yeah, because yeah. they're so how, very different shoes. They are very different shoes, but that's kind of what it reminded me mm-hmm. of a little bit. We are talking about the Alpha. How about let's let's throw one a like really weird contrasting shoe, the uh, SC Elite. Oh yeah. So for me, the SC Elite is the super shoe that like I would actually take on a long, easy run, and I actually did that a few weeks ago. It's it's not so aggressive that it feels weird running slow in it um so if you have a long run where you've got some intervals but like a long warm-up and cool down it it's comfortable it doesn't hurt your feet it doesn't feel weird running slow in it um i would here's the sc elite v3 um landings are definitely softer in the new balance as compared to the vaporfly the toe spring in this shoe doesn't feel super aggressive either, um, and that's also part of why it feels good running at slower paces. The upper of the SC Elite is a little bit weird. Um, I know a lot of people complain about like where the laces sit in relation to the ankle. I didn't get a lot of irritation there. The main problem I had with the SC Elite was the insole came unglued during one of my workouts and it creeped all the way up the back of the heel counter and that was very uncomfortable and it wouldn't oh you pulled the kip chogi yeah oh did that happen to him yeah it was this is long before the alpha flies but i think it was a pair of streaks Uh that he had where the insole slipped and he kept running and it was like you could see it hanging out the heel it was from I want to say like 2004. Somebody correct me on this. It was like 2014. This oh, was wow. long before Vaporfly stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that was the famous incident. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. so, you know, that's probably like a fluke thing, but I'm glad I wasn't using it in a race when that happened. Yeah, I went, went and got it glued back in and now it's fine. Yeah. Um, but as far as comparing the two shoes, you're they're more opposite than similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like comparing agree. a trainer. Yeah. yeah, I would say the, the SC Elite, the upper is kind of problematic, and I had some slippage of the insole as well, but locking down the upper was really hard. And like the previous version, I found the sole, it's super bouncy. It just doesn't respond fast enough. So long runs are great, maybe some longer effort, some longer like intervals, stuff like that. But racing, 
I personally wouldn't wouldn't use it. I don't feel like it's aggressive enough and doesn't mm-hmm. lock down enough. I can see it's one of those shoes where I think for a newer runner who's just getting into this stuff and goes, "What I want to try a super shoe, but I'm afraid of how aggressive they are." That would probably be the SC Elite would be one of like this is a great safe option just mm-hmm. to try. The Vaporfly is still your tried and true classic super shoe, but it can be a little bit more aggressive, and you might want to have a bit more experience first before or something like that, but. You know, especially as a, as a newer runner, the SC Elite is definitely more uh, – people at New Mountain's going to hate me if I call it tame. But Let's it's, call it's it more, approachable. It's more <laughs> approachable yes. maybe is the better term for like training and stuff like that where it's it just can do that better. I don't know. Um, the other, other shoe I would compare it to that it's not similar to at all would be the Hoka Rocket X. And the only reason I'm doing that is because I did a race in the Rocket X and then put the Vaporfly 3 on right afterwards, and it was night and day. So first off, obviously, the Rocket X 2 is heavier. I found the heel to be, obviously, heel and midfoot to be much more stable and works really well for mechanics. The Rocket X 2 also feels super low drop. The 8mm drop is actually fairly noticeable and comfortable for me in the Vaporfly, the Rocket X2 is super low drop, and I know this is a marathon shoe. I would not use it for a marathon. I personally would stuck would stick to like 5K to maybe half marathon. I don't think I have the calf strength to take this to a marathon, and kudos for those who do. Whereas, yeah, the Vaporfly does feel like a more versatile shoe. A little bit not so stable in the heel, but the cushioning, it feels like it could handle a little bit more. And it was easier for me to do easier efforts, not that you should do this, in the Vaporfly versus the Rocket X was like, oh, I want to go all the time, which is mm-hmm. weird because the Vaporfly f- no- feels noticeably lighter and the uppers are night and day. The Rocket X2 volume is super low. The volume in the Vaporfly feels much more comfortable in the forefoot. And I don't know if you ever had this. The Rocket X2 upper, like, it gets – like, when I run in it, like a hard workout, it's like the upper sweats. And it's like this weird, like, material comes out and I wipe it. It's like almost looks like soap. Oh, um, and I know it's not for my socks because I've also worn this sockless, which was not good. Um, so it kind of like sweats. Maybe the shoe's alive. I don't know. It or there's something be. wrong with my feet. I have no idea. Um, but it only happens in that shoe. So Very interesting. What is the material? The... Is it like a mesh? Or... It's just like, yeah, it's a light mesh. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody's going to comment like, that's a terrible pathology. You just need to get checked. Right. Out. Yep. You have a horrible Great. foot skin condition, Matt. And <laughs> Great. Awesome. <laughs> I've never run in the Rocket X2. I've yet yeah. to find a Hoka that the sidewalls don't bother my feet. So yeah. someday, hopefully. But yeah. that, uh, For those listening, I did do, I forget where it was, a discussion on sidewalls and, and stability of what, what will work for people and what will not. And that's a great example of... I love sidewalls, but other people's sidewalls will just rip your skin apart or like bother your feet. So it's really person dependent. So any other shoes you would compare the Nike Vaporfly 3 to? I think we've talked about the ones that it's most similar to. Yeah. 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 One thing that I thought of, but I haven't put a ton of miles on this shoe, so I was hesitant to say it, but I think you could probably add more. Um, the Mizuno Rebellion Pro, it feels similar. Now, this is probably very specific to people who are not rear foot strikers. But for me, yeah. landing on the midfoot of the Rebellion Pro does feel somewhat similar to the Vaporfly 3 in terms of how firm it feels and in terms of how you are like immediately propelled forward. Yeah. Yeah. I would kind of agree on that, but I think these are in my, but these are two different as a rear foot striker. Yes, these are two different, they are very beasts. different shoes. <laughs> whereas the Vaporfly three, it feels like it's kind of it like efficiently takes you forward. Whereas mm-hmm. this one, you're like, you better hold on. Cause like where, when I like, especially when I hit right at that pivot point, I'm like, Whoa, like, mm-hmm. it feels kind of hard to control. I think it feels similar to your experience with the original Alpha Fly, where I would not do a marathon and I'm sure a lot of people would. I would not do a marathon in the Rebellion Pro because I would not be able to control it mm-hmm. for that long. But for like 10K half, I could definitely see myself utilizing that. But the Vaporfly, I think, is a more versatile shoe where definitely. it would be able to handle a 5K and be 
controllable relatively for a marathon. Whereas, but I can see where you're going with that mm-hmm. in terms of the the feel at the midfoot. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think you know whenever you and I talk about shoes, we often have different experiences in them just because yeah, totally our landing mechanics are so different. But that's an important thing for our listeners to keep in mind is that if one reviewer hates a shoe, that could be. Well, it, of course it is. It's because of their personal running style, biomechanics, right. injury history. Yeah. So it's really helpful to figure out which reviewers have mechanics and issues similar to yours or which reviewer likes other shoes that you like. Right. Because then that might make their feedback more valid for you. That makes me want to see if I can find you a pair of uh, the Under Armour Velocity Elite because I was not super impressed by that, but I feel like you might load that shoe better. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I'll try it. Any any final thoughts you would have as I keep going off topic on the Vaporfly 3? I would say if anyone out there has enjoyed running in the 1 and 2, you'll probably enjoy running in the 3. It's, it's yeah. a great update. For me, it's the yeah. best one yet. Yeah. I would say definitely in terms of the upper for sure, um, the traction on the forefoot definitely with the nubs is much better, but it's always been fairly good. Um, the slightly firmer thing does, I think, work. It will break in, so don't panic if you are like us and you try it and you're like, whoa, this doesn't feel the same. It will break in. It'll still move. I've noticed that my like times improvement from between easy versus harder runs are still just as good. I think it makes it better for those who need a teeny bit of forefoot guidance. I think the changes work really, really well. It's not a stability shoe. If you have heel and midfoot stability needs, it's still not going to work for you. But those, some of the changes in the forefoot actually work really well. And I think this is a great update as now taking its spot back as the lightest super shoe. I think it's great. I think it's a great update. And I'm curious to see what they continue to do and i will try to get some miles on this and i promise i will get a 5k in this and just see what happens even if i break my ankles i'm just kidding i'm not gonna break my ankles just choose a course that's just a straight shot point to point yeah no turns which no i'm just gonna do another trail race and see what happens oh good idea it's the same yeah it's exactly the same environment should be fine awesome anything else no i think that's it thanks so much for joining me matt and yeah. Talking about our new uh, racing shoe that we've been testing. Yeah, it's been fun. We've got a lot of stuff. And this is what's really, really fun is the summer, the beginning of the summer, usually things are just a bit quiet. But there are some cool shoes coming out. The, the, some of there's some very classic ones. There's some stuff from Adidas that we're really, really excited for. We haven't gotten yet, but we'll see what comes there. The summer, like late, mid to late summer is when a lot of stuff drops. So stay tuned. We always are updating stuff. We've always got new podcasts coming out. We always have new shoe reviews coming out. And if I if we aren't getting seated stuff, I promise I'm looking for it in various forms to get it to us. Um, we have some really cool interviews coming up. We just, I just got off the phone with a couple people this morning that I'm very excited for that I think will take our exploration of footwear development in a new and very exciting turn. Some other guests that are coming back on that we're equally excited for um, just in terms of helping people learn what the industry looks like, what goes into this stuff, and being able to educate you more on your own biomechanics. You can find out a lot more about us. We always have stuff coming out on the various social media channels we have, be it obviously wherever you're listening to on this, right? Be it Spotify, iTunes for podcasts, be it YouTube where we put up stuff constantly. Um, and of course, the website. And of course, as always, I make fun of Bach. Look at LinkedIn. We have a surprisingly huge following. Not surprisingly. I know Bach does a great job. A large following on LinkedIn and any other platform you can think of. We're there. Feel free always to reach out, comment below. Think about that subjective. And we hope you have a great summer. Oh, 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 oh,